Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ice Cream for Everyone podcast. This is your host for the show, Willem Vanderhorst. So this is the sequel to a series uh, in which I'm playing a solo tabletop role-playing game called Ironstorm. And these are the sort of, well, misadventures, more than adventures, of the young Terilius the Monk. And this is part four. So if you haven't listened to the other parts, I would encourage you to go back to the first part of playing Ironstorm, in which I mix in playing and talking about storytelling at the same time and talking about solo play and improvised play. Uh, uh, so yeah, so it, it, and of course it would make a lot more sense if you go back to the beginning. And I started this series in 2020, uh, now we're in 2021, and this is the last part I had pre-recorded. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have just a short and sweet introduction for this one. And I was, as I was editing out, I mostly just edited out just silences and me trying to work out the rules and thinking about what I'm doing next. But altogether, and I think I, I talked about this in other episodes. It's very much uh, solo role-playing games are very much improvised storytelling. And it's interesting to put that uh, against the traditional story structures and narrative structures that are often shared on anybody who is interested in writing fiction. Uh, But as a brand strategist, talking about the flow and the storytelling of a presentation or a new business pitch uh, or just anything to do with storytelling, all the principles of storytelling are often shared as good practices for a strategist or, frankly, for anybody who's doing a presentation, a talk, a conference, etc. And it's, it's doubly interesting because I, I believe it was in the first episode that I talked about Joseph Campbell's monomyth, The Hero's Journey, uh, and I am currently reading The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So I'm actually getting to the source material and it's well, it's both very interesting to to read about. Joseph Campbell is first was first and foremost a mythologist. I mean, he was a bunch of other things and very interested in psychoanalysis. There's, there's a lot of references from Freud, from dream analysis, and from Jung uh, inside of the Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, but it's also interesting to see. I mean, I'm mean, I'm almost halfway through the book, so I don't want to comment too much on the book. But it was making me think of this recording of what's going on in the adventures of Terilius the monk and against the natural three-act story structure that is often shared as a good way to build a, a story and a compelling story, which is a, you know, it's tried, tried and tested. It's a tried and tested structure to have the exposition, a, a three-act narrative structure. You have an inciting incident, uh, a, a rising action. You have a, it's like usually the midpoint in the story that has like a bit of a dip uh, where the protagonist is facing some difficult situation. He resolves his difficult situation one way or another, goes into rising action. We have the climax. Usually the middle point is around between Act 2 and Act 3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, let me just go double check what I'm looking at. Yeah, so the initial incident, the very first conflict, rising action, you have the climax. And then falling actions, the events that unravel the conflicts between protagonist and antagonist, resolution, and the end, which is kind of epilogue and denouement, as it's called from um, from France. So that's the usual narrative structure, right? Uh, or if you look at the hero's journey, you have the call to action. And, and I was wondering, okay, where am I at with my story? And realizing that you listen, so I don't want to give anything away to this particular part of what's going to happen next in the story. But when you're improvising something and you're responding to 
the random inputs that are given to you uh, in the system of Ironstorm. It works with these randomized tables that are called the oracles that are really great for uh, storytelling impetus and inspiration for like what's going to happen next. But it often doesn't really follow the same narrative structure as something that is a planned story. So if you're writing fiction or if you're preparing presentation, you know exactly what's going to happen in advance. Whereas uh, this is more comparable to improv comedy. Improv comedy, you have a skit and the rising and falling action, because I've done uh, some improv as well, is actually measured over the course of a whole show rather than one particular skit. And one particular skit, if you go into trying to figure out what is going to be interesting for the audience, uh, what is going to be the right rising falling action and how where are things going as soon as you wonder where things where things are going you're kind of like you're screwed basically uh and you're no longer in the improv and i think that and playing a solo role-playing game like this particular while recording has a lot more to do with improvisation of course uh while being given random inputs because you're playing on your own so if you're improvising on stage you're often going to be with other people who are giving you things that you're not expecting uh, so, you know, whatever they're saying is not going to be expected. Wherever the story goes is not expected. And you have to go with the flow. And it, and I've very much done this in this episode of Ironstorm, but re-listening to it now, I don't know. My question for the next steps is going to be, where do we go from here? And is there any logical way to bring this back to a traditional narrative structure that completes as, you know, the monomyth, hero's journey circle where we go back home uh, a transformed character or is this going to be just a story that is not at all uh fit, that doesn't just doesn't fit within a natural story track structure and improvisation because i am this is the last of the episodes i'm releasing that i recorded last year that are way overdue and uh i want to finish it i want to have a some kind of satisfying conclusion so that's what i'm thinking about next so I don't want to give any more away. I uh, I think I'll make just a last parallel, actually, before I let you go and listen to my previous self playing uh, The Adventures of Terelius the Monk. And hopefully I'm making parallels that can be interesting for anybody who's more interested in role-playing games and their day-to-day -day situations, whatever their job might be, or people that are more interested in listening to me that come from like advertising, marketing, communications, and the strategy world, which is my professional environment. Uh, but the, it, it's actually it's going back to that saying of the best laid plans of mice and men go often astray. I think that's what the saying is, right? But you get the idea. It's like whatever, however well you can plan, things don't really go to plan. And so if you're writing fiction, then you share your fiction. Of course, you can wrap that up really well. If you're doing a conference uh, a and you want to write your presentation or a talk, you could do that very well in a structured classical three-act structure, more or less. However, when you're meeting with a client uh, and you're participating in a meeting with multiple other people and you do not know what the reaction is going to be to what you're presenting, it's a lot more difficult to follow that structure all the way to the end. When you're presenting, you can have a very neat three-act structure and do your storytelling, but the outcome is unknown because there will be some discussion. Let's say you know, you're writing a strategy for a client or another situation is you're running a workshop. And facilitating a workshop is very different. There's a lot more responding 
uh, to what people are saying on the fly because you don't know what the reaction is going to be in advance. You don't have a, like a silent audience listening to you or a negotiation or anything where you have a conversation with somebody else may well be more akin to the kind of improvisation that I'm doing in this solo role-playing game. So you might have an intention, but you don't necessarily know if it's going to go all the way according to what you want. And the best way to go is going to, well, I think that one of the best ways to go is like to have an intention, but also to listen to the other person. And this is where I have questions about where listening to the other person is going to go with with regards to this particular story. Maybe it's just going to be listening to what random inputs I get. And that's what I'll be one way or another listening for, even while improvising, is how can I bring this story post this particular episode to some kind of satisfying close? Uh, and what is a satisfying close? I think that's going to be probably the intro to the next episode. And yeah, without further ado, here's me playing the adventures uh, or misadventures of Turilius the monk in the dangerous and forbidding Iron Lands. Enjoy! Uh, the last session of uh, the brand new beginning adventures of Turilius the Iron Monk uh, while he was at the end of his second day uh, journeying across the lands of uh, the, the Iron Lands and the Havens more specifically from his home of the Monastery of Norm's Rock to the High Path Monastery and after being battered and bruised and losing his bag, his wooden staff uh had just being terrifyingly dropped in a river, almost drowning, uh, fleeing from a mad boar, wild, dangerous, hugely tusked boar that just charged him out of nowhere. Now, uh, Turilius is finally seeing the end of it, uh, or at least he hopes he is seeing the end of it, and uh, is in view of the what he is, what his uh, old mentor, Father Aurelius, described as the massive iron pillar close to the High Path Monastery. Um, he is relieved. Uh, and from a mechanical perspective, I believe I have to do a move. I was, I'm still getting used to the rules. And I think I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I didn't precisely do the rules the way they were supposed to be for the end of the fight, but that's okay. That's just the, those things happen. The most important is to ultimately to tell a, an interesting story and an interesting story for me, and I hope for you as well, that uh, you listening to this. So, let's see. I'm going to reach my destination, which is a progress move. And the way this works is, uh, I was hoping not to have to <laughs> throw any dice, because the dice, uh, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you might realize they're not on my side, typically. So, uh, But it makes for interesting stories. I, I just hope my my uh, my poor you know teenage... Iron Monk survives just basically walking out of his village because not much has happened. I haven't even taken much danger involving like very dangerous foes just yet because I don't, I don't think I'd survive that. So uh, the way this progress track works is I have to throw still my, my 60s, my D6 uh, normal regular die and my two challenge dice. And I have marked six progress Um and so the idea is that I have to roll the challenge dice and basically just 
do under six and I can't use my momentum, which is a shame because I'm at max. So it's a little bit risky. Uh, let's see. So I roll an eight and a two. So that's a weak hit. Uh, on a weak hit, you arrive but face an unforeseen hazard or complication. I was hoping not to have that. Envision what you find. Ask the Oracle in front shore. So I walk in. Uh, fortunately, it's summer, so the days are long. It's towards the end of the day. I'm really tired. I get much closer to the iron pillar. At some point, uh, get closer to the road. Uh, that I So I, I arrive from a different side and hoping to see the monastery from there. And something happens. So I just rolled on this settlement trouble and it says in league with the enemy, what I rolled um, on the dice randomly. And I think this is an interesting idea. So basically, so I reach my destination. I'm pretty battered towards the end of the day. The day's not, the sun's not set yet, but I mean, there's a long twilight because it's the summer. So the sun has set, but there's still, it's still light outside basically. And I arrive, uh, there's a few houses, settlement that I go past to get to the monastery. Uh, what looks like the monastery, it's a very similar setup to the monastery where I come from that is made out of just low, a low wall, uh, a low wall surrounding a few houses, uh, long houses that form a courtyard in the middle. Uh, and uh, there's a large iron symbol at the front of it, uh, which is a, a round circle. So there's a, it's an iron circle. That's the the, the, the symbol, uh, similar to the shackle I, I have. So the bracelet that imitates the kind of bracelet and the symbol of the iron provider god, Ohms, uh, that I pray to, that we pray to, uh, and that we pray to, and he is in the myth, the mythology is represented and provides thanks to the iron pillars that are dotted out through the iron lands, uh, that there are these mysterious, inscrutable pillars, and each one of them has a very different shape. And the, I've heard from uh, the, the mentors who taught me that each one of the communities has a different uh, vibe or history and each one of the monasteries tend to have different stories based on their local closest pillar. And there's a number of mon- that monks that I said at the beginning just travel from community to community, from pillar to pillar. So they don't have necessarily monasteries at every one of them. They tend to be, the monasteries tend to be in a couple of more settled areas, uh, which is where I am and where I come from. And, uh, and I, I note that there's a couple of what looks like unusually armed guards in front of the monastery and I head over there um, and uh, just arrive and they seem to be quite weary and, uh, and they don't really look like monks and they don't look like uh, I, I've seen a couple of iron wardens that are the armed guard brothers of the iron monks that I've mentioned a couple of times and I've seen them because they've come through my uh, the village where I grew up, the settlement where I grew up before, where my character grew up, and uh, these don't look like that. They, they, they look a little wilder. They uh, One has red hair, just matted, but they're both, well, not red hair just flowing out of his uh, helmet. They both have helmets uh, that seem to be battered and very used. Uh, they're wearing boiled uh, leather armor. Uh, they, that seems to have been just used and just, um, it's got like spray and just some gray kind of dried salt, uh, visibly on it. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering where they're coming from. They're armed. Uh, they got swords in the scars. They're in their scabbards. So I slow down as I arrived, just kind of wondering w- w- what is going on here. 
say hi and, and just address them basically. And uh, they say, hi, who goes there? And I guess they do. I mean, I wonder if they recognize or actually I'm expecting them to recognize my robes, even though they're a little bit tattered and they've, they've you know, I've, I've had a, a bit of a rough journey over to get there. Um, but they don't seem like monks and I've, I've never heard of a, the, a monastery guarded by these kinds of men that I've not seen before. And, uh, and I introduce myself and I, I say, I'm, I'm Terilius, uh, the monk, well, apprentice sort of, uh, I, I come from, uh, the Norm's Rock monastery. I'm looking for father Cadelius. I have an urgent message for him. And um, so I guess I'm going to go and look at a relationship move. Yeah, I'm going to compel, which is rolling plus heart. So three. Let's try that. That's a seven. And my challenge dice, I got. And it's a match success. Okay, lucky. <laughs> All right. Maybe the dice are on my side this time. Okay. Okay, so uh, a strong hit. They'll do what you want. Share what they know. Great. Take plus one momentum, max momentum at the moment. If you use this exchange to gather information, map that move now. So they seem to be quite um, suspicious at first, but I also look, I mean, I am, and I look kind of young uh, and not particularly dangerous or threatening or strong. And I am, after all, wearing monk robes. So while they were listening to me try to say, like, listen, I, I need to talk to Father Cadelius. They like, yeah, come, come with us. We're gonna take you straight to him. We, they take me past the low wall uh, to the first kind of long uh, main building that, that is in front of uh, that is just basically behind them uh, through the courtyard. And I noticed there's a couple of other people uh, there that are talking to an iron monk and that are sat the three of them around a fire uh, on one, one side of the courtyard. And there's a couple of low logs, uh, wooden logs. And these other guys look just not particularly, um, I mean, they, they look weird. They, they look like out of place and they look like a little bit rough. Uh, they also had helmets that are, that are um, to the side, so they're not wearing them. They're a little bit more laid down. But there's, again, one has an axe and another one has a sword, so they're armed. They got shields that are just like laid down to the side of the log. Uh, I can smell uh, close to them. There's a fire and there seems to be some kind of stew cooking. And I can smell the meat coming to my nostrils and just realizing how hungry I am after this long journey. I can hear my stomach growl and just salivating just at the smell of the food, but trying to focus back down to my mission and uh, following those two guys uh, straight to uh, the next house along. So the, the long house that is on the other side of the courtyard and they knock at the door. Father Cadelius. Yes. I hear a muffled sound from the other side and a young monk uh, opens the door, an apprentice, presumably, a young kid, maybe just a few years younger than I am, really. And uh, he opens the door. It's a little bit darker inside. And the two men just usher me and like show me to the to the inside and tell me just he's in there. Just go in. So I walk in a little bit sheepishly. I walk in a little bit sheepishly. 
in the Young Apprentice shows me to a desk where, uh, who I presume to be Father Cadelius, looking quite uh, severe. He is behind a desk writing on uh, a piece of paper, uh, scroll, with a long feather. Uh, so, I mean, a, a paper, and he's got a blot of ink, and he's got some ink blots on his fingers. He has gray hair. Not that old, but I mean, he doesn't seem to be immediately old. But of course, like a lot of other monks, he's clearly seen uh, a lot. He works very hard, uh, probably tending to the fields or I don't know if they make alcohol or hear or beer like like they do uh, at uh, where I grew up at the Norns Barak Monastery. And I bow uh, and I make the sign and sigil of holding my two hands together in a circle uh, of the iron monks, of a, in respect to alms, the iron god. And I bow my head and I say, Father Cadelius, I bring news of uh, Norm's Rock Monastery. We were we were attacked by these uh, raiders, uh, and I was out in the field, and I'm kind of like just mumbling, just both fast and trying to bring the news out and telling him like we re- we really need help. Uh, Father Aurelius sent me. A lot of the monks were were killed. It's horrible. Uh, can you send help? What can we do? So that's another milestone. And I, I believe, so I'm going to fulfill my vow to bring news. So I've just done that. And I'm going to roll to see how well I've succeeded and what his response is going to be. Knowing, obviously, and you'll have understood the whole idea is that the raiders who went ahead of me are there. And somehow, someone is working with those enemies. So let's go. I got plus eight, so hopefully that should be ten. As long as I don't roll a ten. All right, seven and three. That's a strong hit. Good. My quest is complete. I get two experience points. I'm just thinking, how does he respond exactly? So the Father Cordelius, I'm just thinking about how he would respond, but just nods his head, doesn't say much, listens to me. Um, listens to Terelius explain what's been happening, puts his uh, pen um, feather down. It's good. There's got to be a better name for that. kind, of, but, but puts it down back in its um, holder, puts his hand together in kind of triangle, his fingers lightly touching together. Seems to be quite thoughtful for one second. Motions his hands towards the apprentice who comes up and... Um, said, I understand this must have been a very difficult ordeal for you. And you made good speed to reach us. You must be hungry. He seems to hesitate for a second as he says this. And he says, he seems to want to say something, catch up and say, actually, you must be hungry. You must be tired. You should probably have a meal, get some rest. I will look at uh, how best to respond to the situation. And uh, we will be able to talk again in the morning. So I, I, I'm, I am really authentically like, Terelius is tired. He's young. He's given the news. He's like, okay, I fulfilled my first vow. And I traveled for the first time as a monk. He feels like he can let out a huge sigh of relief that someone in charge and superior is taking care of things. And says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really hungry. So he motions to his apprentice and uh says Aurelius will uh, 
it's not Aurelius, because Aurelius is the other guy, so. Cassilius. Cassilius, apprentice, will uh, show you to uh, uh, a chamber and we will bring you, uh, fetch some food along the way for him, yes? And what happens is I, I go along with him, go back towards where their other guys were waiting. There's a fire and there's a person that's another person that is tending, another monk that is tending over to the stew that I saw. And they fill up a wooden bowl for me and it just smells divine. So I'm like, can't help. And I see it seems like there's some meat in there. So it's the summer. So maybe there's a little bit more. It's We don't get meat all the time. Is what, it's the treat. So like there seems to be, it seems to be quite saucy. There's potatoes and meat and I'm just starving. So I'm not really paying attention to the fact that the guys with the weapons are, have taken an eye towards me and, uh, the apprentice is holding that bowl and I'm just like not really paying attention to what's going on around me. And we went, we walk into another building that seems to have a few uh, of the, uh, the the monks cells and rooms. Um, and he lets me into one and says, like, you're going to be able to rest on this, uh, this uh, sleeping mat and, uh, you know, have a meal and uh, the week, the, the prayer of like, pray to the iron god tonight and uh, just you know have some rest and i'm sure we'll be able to talk again in the morning and i guess i'm so, so hungry that i don't pay attention to the fact that it is kind of strange that i'm just like asked to go straight into the room and he leaves me with this bowl and by the time i kind of have this hot bowl of stew in my hands and uh just raise up and think well wait why are we why am I eating on my own? That's kind of like, that's never happened to me in a monastery. I hear, I hear the key turn, a key turn into the door and it seems like it's been locked up. So I'm locked up in this uh, small sleeping sort of room slash cell. I, I think, I, I mean, it's not a cell. It's just a, a monk's sleeping mat. There's a small table and a stool. I'm not really sure what's happening, uh, but it's late. I'm really tired. I got a wooden spoon and a wooden bowl with some food. So, Clearly, I'm just going to eat. Uh, so Terelius sat, sits down and proceeds to eat his uh, bowl of stew while now realizing something's clearly off. Okay, so I'm thinking about what's happening, but he's just tired. Uh, he's like, I'm just going to figure this out tomorrow. There's something that's off. He goes to bed with a little bit of an uneasy feeling. I was already thinking about what my next vow is going to be because now I have my background vow, but now I'm like, I'm in trouble. I, so I'll come back to it. Um, so he goes to bed. He's got this belly full at the very least. Uneasy feeling, thinking there's not really much else he can do tonight. He just checks the door. He's clearly locked in. Uh, there's a small window, but it's uh, facing the other way outside from the courtyard. So... He's trying to listen at the door, but he listens. He hears very little. He's not really sure what's happening. He clearly feels out of his depth. He's far from home or further than he's never, ever been. Not that far, but thinking something's fishy. So he's on that, he sleeps. Wakes up in the morning. Refreshed, at least having slept on some correct mat in the same similar style of actually everything looks very similar to where he grew up. So it's very similar to 
Uh, except that you know, he, as an apprentice, he was sleeping with other other apprentices in a sort of dormitory, and this is a what seems to him as a more, you know, fully ranked monk personal sleeping room cell setup sort of thing. And um, okay, so let's play this out a little bit further and see what happens. So I wake up, I do my prayers, and I wait a little bit start just check the door is still closed can't hear anything so i just start banging on the door basically start yelling banging on the door what's happening why am i locked in banging banging nothing happens and i hear footsteps i hear footsteps down the corridor okay okay and i hear some muffled just from the other side of the door yes what is it and I and Trillis goes, well, I'm locked in here. What what is happening? Like I've never been locked in. What is going on here? Well, this is for your own good, the voice says on the other side. And this is not a voice that Trillis has heard before. Where is Father Cordelius? Trillis says. I want to talk to him. We need to go to Norm's Rock Monastery. And they say, listen, just kid, you're out of your depth. Just don't worry about it. Stick it out here. Just let things go the way they're supposed to play out, okay? The accent is very different from anything he's heard before. He wonders if it's one of the strange kind of armed people that he saw down there uh, outside yesterday. And the voice says, just say, stay put. We'll bring you something to eat later and uh, everything will be made clear a little bit later. So now I am stuck, locked in, and I don't know what's going on, but clearly something is off, and I'm now I'm, I mean, I'm putting two and two together, come on, and that those armed people must be the raiders, and somehow something is going on between the raiders and the monastery here, or the monks and those raiders, I'm not entirely sure. So I start pacing in the room, start looking at what I could be doing, how I could get out of here. And I'm angry. And I I feel so foolish to have fallen for this. I should have known. Uh, But Tyrellius is just very young and just naive and just barely walked out of his monastery for the first time, right? So I'm just angry and I take my bracelet and I'm just like fiddling with my iron bracelet. And I, 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 I... out of myself that I will re- take revenge. I will avenge. Sorry, just I vow to myself that I'll avenge the death of all the monks in my monastery. There you go. Um, and this seems like it's a pretty big vow. Alright, so let's see what happens when I swear a vow. And I roll heart. And I give the quest a rank. So my new quest is avenge the monks from my monastery then this is a pretty big one presumably because i don't know what's going on there i'm going to give it a rank of let's go with formidable okay and then i'll roll plus heart i believe so that's plus three five please (laughs) okay double nine complete fail and it's a matched fail 
On a miss, you face a significant obstacle before you can begin your quest. Envision what stands in your way and choose one. So press on, suffer minus two momentum and do what you must to overcome this obstacle. So I'll suffer to minus two momentum and I'm, I mean the obstacle's right there, I'm locked up. So that's pretty clear at least. And I need to start, so I am locked up and I need to look around. Um, so gather information. Let's gather information. So that means that once I once Trillius is like has sworn his iron vow, he kind of has an idea what direction to go in. Well, first, very clearly, he has to get out of here. He doesn't know how to fight. He doesn't know how to avenge. He not, he's not even sure what's going on, but maybe he can find out. And uh, to, to begin with, he needs to find a way to get out of his, where he is. So he's going to search the room. Rolling plus wits. That's an eight. Uh, <clears throat> I got a weak hit with a ten and a seven. The information complicates your quest or introduces a new danger. Great. <laughs> Envision what you discover. Ask your fully sure. Take plus one. Okay. So I look around the room. I just look under the mattress. I look if there's but there doesn't seem to be anything. But there is a small, over a small window. But I don't really have a way to. Okay, so maybe if I, um, maybe if I put the stool, move the table, put the stool on it, then I can probably reach this high, small window and wiggle my way through, and reach the other side of the, should be the out the the behind like behind the monastery. And hopefully escape. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But it's complicated because it's... <clears throat> it's going to be a dicey proposition. So I need to be able to... I, I'm going to have to face danger, I think. So Tillerius gets ready, just like moves the table around, puts the stool on top of it, uh, it seems to be like a little bit dicey and um, unstable, but uh, he's going to try to get through. And I guess I'm going to have to roll on edge because, uh, and that's another dicey thing because I, edge is not my strong forte at all. I only have one, uh, but it seems to be normal because it's like agility, trying to make this without any kind of noise. Let's go two. So that's three. That's very bad. But maybe I can burn momentum. That's fine. So four and five, which is a miss, but I can burn momentum to make it a success. Not a very interesting story or adventure if I'm just locked up. It's not very interesting. Better that I get out of there. So I can cancel them both for a strong hit. Great. Uh, burn momentum. Awesome. And I go back to my base momentum. So I lose all the momentum I built up and I go back to plus two. And uh, that makes it a strong hit. And I presumably get out of there. So I succeed. So I just on the tip of my toes, managed to reach the window and just struggling through to, to get through this tiny little small light shaft, essentially, that is close to the ceiling. But I managed to hoist myself up and hold myself to a beam uh, just under the thatched roof, let's say, and wiggle my way out. And just like just a couple of scraps, scraps, but just quick scrapes 
and managed to jump down to the grass. And hopefully there doesn't seem, I look around, doesn't seem like there's anybody else around. And uh, the low wall on the other side of the monastery is right in front of me. So I managed to just jump over and now I'm outside. So I don't have a lot with me. I've not been able to resupply. I have my knife and I think that's about it. I got my robes. I'm certainly no cleaner. I haven't eaten this morning. What next? I'm out. Okay, so I'm going to think this out. So I am Torelius. I'm probably scared. I've just got like a boost of adrenaline from being able to successfully get out of that place. There are like three or four, I mean, at least four or five armed men that are much older than me, a bunch of monks in there that they seem to be hostile or I don't know what's going on. I don't know what their plans are. My options are to go back home, which seems to be the safe thing to do, or my my background vow of trying to find the truth doesn't seem to be particularly appropriate. I am not strong, but I could maybe find out information. But I'm not very sneaky either. It's not so much my thing. I need to find out more information about what's going on before I go back to before I go back home. So I slowly look around just back on the other side of the, the low wall. It's a symbolic kind of wall to determine and delimit like limit the area around the monastery. So looking around and I managed to orient myself and I think, okay, I got to listen in. I got to find a way to listen in and, but avoid the view. And if I stay on the outside from the main courtyard, maybe I would be able to, I think about, and I got Wayfinder, so I probably have a fairly good sense of locations and where Father Cadelius's house was. And I think it's up to the other side. So I make my way and I look around doesn't look like there's anybody around. And I hesitate for another second whether I should just hightail it and run, but maybe they'll, because I don't know what time they're planning to feed me or check up on me or figure out how long do I have before they figure out that the the cell is empty and they start like looking for me. But it's too important. I got to find out exactly what's going on. So I uh, sneak along the wall, half crouched so that I don't, get seen to the other side so rounding a corner to the next building where Father Cadelius's office should be and where I was yesterday and I see one of those a larger window so I look around and I'm going to try to secure an advantage rolling shadow which is probably a very bad idea but um so because I'm just going to stealthily make my way and try to see if I can listen in to what's going on in his office. And this might end very badly because I'm not very sneaky. My character is not particularly sneaky. Let's find out. All right. So uh, I'm going to roll shadow and I need a high score on this one. Two, that's three. Very bad. Ooh, weak hit. Okay. So it's a, I rolled a one and a seven and I only had three. So it's a weak hit. My advantage is short-lived, gain one momentum. So I managed to see where Father Cadelius's office is. Just jump over the low wall once again, look around. Don't see anybody. I can hear some people who are on the other side of the courtyard. And I just get closer under the window that is open. 
and I wait a little while. And I, at that point here, uh, somebody talking to Father Cadelius, it seems to be the same kind of voice or maybe just the same kind of accent. A little bit of a, I, I don't know how to describe it, but a different kind of accent, just like a kind of rougher, sharper, a little bit fast talking, uh, the same kind of voice. So maybe not that talked to me across the door from, uh, from the other side of the door this morning. And it's still the morning. It's probably mid-morning by now. I little wait a little bit. And Father Cadelius to him is talking and saying, well, why didn't you kill anybody, everybody at the monastery? Like, what happened over at Norm's Rock? What are you doing? It's like, I've asked you to get rid of everybody there. And the guy says, well, it, deals change, you know. Um, we want more. We want more of your iron. And uh, we have costs, weapons. So... The boss has decided that uh, to finish the job off, it's just going to cost a little bit more, you know? Father Cadelia says, this is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. There's only one way things are going to be ending. One, And he gets interrupted by the guy. He says, oh, listen, you are a monk. We're here to make sure things go smoothly. Get the payment. We'll finish things off. Just why don't you just shut your mouth? And we'll move things along. You have actually not anything to stand on. You don't have a leg to stand on. So just, you know, be a monk, be meek. Just get the money out of your safe. Otherwise, we'll take it ourselves. And Father Cadelius just seems to be, I was going to say shakes his head. I don't know that because I can't see him. But it doesn't matter. I'm telling the story. And uh, so I hear some rummaging around. And uh, now I know enough, basically. So I hear some rummaging around. And I hear what sounds to be just a, purse of coins just slam on the table and cling and the guy says there there you go when you want to be cooperative that's all that's needed we'll just give the signal and get down there and make sure we just finish the job there's only kids and old people left anyway what happened with that kid going yesterday you, you checked up on him i don't have to and at that particular point i don't have to listen to anything anymore and i swear another iron vow which is going to be the kind of ironically the reverse to the one that just finished, uh, even though I'm just kind of going back and forth, but uh, seems to be the logical thing to do. I just am listening to this and touching my um, uh, pendant, the iron pendant I have around my neck. And I swear that to get back and just make sure that the rest of the monks uh, flee before these guys get there so i need to i need to hightail it back home so i swear to get back to norm's rock home as fast as i possibly can and this is going to be another dangerous quest so get back home as fast as i can is a new kind of side quest but that's like the logical step and i roll hard four and three seven come on come on come on come on come on, come on. oh no <laughs> i failed oh no i needed a ten come on on a miss, I face a significant obstacle before I can begin your quest. Envision what stands in your way and choose one. Press on, suffer minus two momentum, and do what you must to overcome this obstacle. Or, or you give up. So, I mean, minus two momentum. I don't want to forsake the bow just yet. That means I'm at one momentum. It's pretty bad. And I think the most logical thing is I just turn around, swear the vow, start making it for the um, for the wall, and a guard, uh, one of those raiders, arrives and he was just doing a round uh, and sees me and yells, just catch, catch the kid, catch the kid. 
uh, I'm heading towards the wall, the low wall, turn him. I see them, they point, they start running and pulling out their swords. And I hear some noise back on the inside of Father Cordelius's office. And I have to hightail it. I just jump across the wall and I start running in whatever direction that is away from this current danger. Uh, and so I believe react to an imminent threat. That sounds about right. I'm not fighting just yet. And I'm going to go with aggressive action, strength, or, I mean, technically it should be speed and roll edge. <laughs> Bad for me. Okay, let's roll edge. Five, six. Okay, so six. Six, come on. We could, come on, three and seven. All right. <laughs> I, know, I always think that the dice are just kind of silly, but in those kinds of tense situations, you don't want to be failing your dice. Um... And playing alone, actually, it, it's funny how if I'm playing in a group, I prefer and privilege the story over the dice, but the dice do add a little bit of tension. That's why it's kind of interesting always to use them a little bit. And certainly when I'm playing alone, I don't have a, a game master. I mean, I'm my own arbiter, right? I'm, I'm, I'm my own referee. So the dice and those moves and the way they're constructed, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that at some other point, but it's really interesting. I, I do enjoy it. So, um, on a weak hit, I succeed, but I face some troublesome cost. Okay, so I'm going to just go for losing one momentum, and uh, I'm delayed to just, like, try to jump the high wall uh, as fast as possible, and I manage just barely to as they're arriving. They're, I have just a little bit of advance, and I, I, I hear uh, the people I was just listening to and for the Cadillus yelling out of the window, a couple of people waving swords at me, and I manage to run away, but just... just get out of their reach and uh and I, I just keep running in the direction that I'm going in and trying to think about which way do I need to go uh and start orienting in that direction with the harp the iron pillar as my main point of reference but also thinking I need to run away without going into the cliffs because I know there's cliffs nearby I haven't seen them exactly but I undertake a journey I don't really have time to think about it so it's a dangerous journey because that's what I said for the way over so it's going to be the same and for the segment of the journey, I'm just going to roll wits. One, that's a three. That's horrible. And a double six, which is a fail, a matched fail. <laughs> sucks. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm never going to make it back. Um, so I obviously fail. Waylaid by a perilous event. Great. Pay the price. Uh, they catch up with me. Oh, so here we go. So I start running. And actually right in front of me, a couple of the other guards are just catching up with me and I'm going to have to, it's it's a fight. Uh, I have to fight, uh, or at least they're trying to fight me and they're trying to grab me. I guess a couple of guys, they're not, they've not pulled out their forge. So I enter the fray and they are yeah, dangerous. They're trained warriors. Raider, dangerous, geared for war. Okay, so uh, he's dangerous. I have two progress. He inflicts two harm. Facing off. No, I'm not facing off. I want to get out of there. <laughs> uh, moving into position against an unaware foe. Ambushed. Roll plus wits. Well, no, I'm facing off. I can see them. So I roll heart. Okay, so... Oh, and plus it's in my advantage. So that's plus three and it's a five. It's not great, but uh, I do get a weak hit. Four and nine. That's great. Uh, bolster my position. I take two momentum or prepare to act. I take initiative. I'm going to go with the initiative because I want to run away and I want to try to dodge the guy who's going to try to re-catch me. He, and um, that means I 
Oh, endurance. I'm going to try to run away, like just, I'm, I'm rolling iron. Anyway. Okay. Six and two, eight. A seven and eight. So that's a weak hit. God, it's just like so close. Uh, so anyway, it's still something. The weak hit means managed to get just outside of his influence, but he still, okay, so I lose momentum and I'm still trying to run away. I'm going to try to secure an advantage and outwit him somehow. So basically, I just turn around to face him and just almost fall. Turn around to face him with the intention of just like running across from him and changing completely direction, trying to uh, just uh, outpace him somehow. Six, okay. Plus three, nine. Come on, come on. Double seven. Okay, this is a plus match success. All right, this is great. You like that? Strong hit. I gain an advantage. I take control. Make another move now. Not a progress move. Add plus one. Awesome. So I try to run away. <laughs> I try to run away the other direction, as I said. And uh, he seems to be destabilized and just trips, giving me extra time to uh, basically run away and uh, get progress. And so the other thing, I don't, so if I strong hit, do I? That's it. So I, I managed to run away. And he trips and I just gain some distance and I just keep running towards the the pillar in a way and basically sort of the same direction I arrived and hopefully the river and hopefully not the boar. Um, just like make sure that there's nobody else behind me. They seem to have run for a little bit, but uh, but hopefully leaving me be so I can presumably undertake a journey. So I roll plus wits, seven, five and two, six and three, that's a success. So I reach a waypoint. So I managed to get further away and far enough to feel like I can take a breather in a small, um, just a small wooded area between, actually maybe just in a field. So I, I come across a field and it seems to be fairly... There's some people around but far enough and uh, and I, I just like managed to take a breather in the middle of uh, a wheat field. Uh, hopefully not out of sight from anybody. From anybody, yeah. I wonder if I stop here or press through. It's only midday. So I can, from here, um, I can take my, I can just pray actually. Try to secure an advantage to ask a blessing of my God. So... I stop and I make a prayer touching the bracelet that I have and actually both the bracelet and the pendant, just like praying, praying, please God, just give me an advantage, allow me find, to let me find a way to get back to Norm's Rock as fast as possible. Just, uh, I need a, I need a win. I'll roll on my God stat. So it's iron, get a plus two, five plus two, seven, roll the challenge dice. Five and three was a success. Fantastic. I get plus one momentum. That's great because I, I do, I, I'm back at I'm zero momentum. So it's, uh, it's not good. It's not a zero. It's not great, but it's something. And um, I, I, I basically keep going, but I'm going to look at uh, where I am and just gather information about the place. I'm a little bit freaked out about asking anybody specific. I'm just going to look in the environment with the idea of just just finding back the the river and making my way across either that or well presumably there's cliffs so there's not going to be 
So I, I just need to make my way, just like find my way. So gather information to be able to find exactly where I'm going. Five plus two, seven, two and three. Great success. Take plus two momentum. So I managed to find the way back to exactly figure out the way back to the road and um, or the way back to the river, like where I came from, basically. So just walk and thinking, OK, like whatever this takes, I need to get I need to keep going and I need to get through. Just uh, stop at a small uh, place that has some water and uh, five and two, seven. Come on. One in ten, weak hit. Okay, something. Reach a waypoint, mark progress, minus one supply. So that's my water gone. Ooh, I only have one supply. Ooh, this is bad. Okay, I need to resupply. I need to find some food and forage. So I managed to find a little bit of a few things to eat and uh, fill, fill my water skin. And... Uh, keep going presumably i got to the river i just need to find a way across the river now so i'm gonna i'm looking around uh assess the situation try to secure an advantage use a good skill so that's gonna go with um courage four and three seven four and six success come on okay gain advantage take control make another move now or take two momentum, not a progress move at plus one. So I'm gonna just keep going on my journey. Um, and uh, just like walking like from one side of the river to the next, trying to find a place where I can maybe either cross with holding myself to rocks or holding myself from a branch or something like that. So let's go and I get a plus one. Rolling wits, that's five, eight, come on. Success. Okay, so it's just like I walk on either side of the river. It's now, now mid-afternoon, uh, and I, I walk a little bit further down the river, and I see a place where it's coming to a narrow narrow point. And if I manage to go from rock to rock, there's one point where I definitely need to jump in, but I should be able to keep holding myself with a rock, and I managed to successfully do that. So I come and I can cross the river fairly fast. I just had to get a little bit wet, but I can uh, just clamber back on the other side and uh, and just with planning to keep moving and hopefully thinking that these are clear days, it's the summer, there's going to be enough with the star and the moon to guide me and just keep walking straight through and get to Norm's Rock back as fast as possible. So yeah, just keep going basically. Ooh, that's two and two, four. That's not great. Actually, I succeed. Okay, three and one. Things are on my side to get back home. All right. So I keep going, pressing through, matching back to the road. And, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm just walking at fast pace, trying to like absolutely determinedly getting back home. And I uh, go for reaching my destination because I got like eight progress now. So I'm close and I succeed on a weak hit. Oh God. Uh, I arrive but face an unforeseen hazard of complications. So it's in the middle of the night. So I don't think it's likely the raiders are there. I mean, the first thing that came to mind is the village is up in flames. So that's like not a success at all. That's a fail. Uh, but a hazard could be... Okay, I just rolled on one of the tables for a theme to get a little bit of inspiration. And I rolled a 68, which is important. It's a sign I... Yeah, okay, cool. All right, that's nice. Okay, so 
as I arrive, I arrive in the village under the light of the stars and the moon. And as I get closer, I'm just almost arriving and I notice a red star on the horizon, just right above the monastery. And I know, and I shudder, Torelius shudders, knowing that this is an extremely bad sign. He's learned from the stars and uh, these are a few of the points. And the, the point of the star just is aligned exactly, uh, it shouldn't like a ominous red aligned with the iron pillar that is closest to the monastery, his home monastery. Uh, and this is boding extremely bad. Things have started from a bad perspective. And with that, he gets back to his home monastery. And uh, I think this is where we're going to drop off for this particular point. So he successfully completed a side quest and made a return journey to somewhere just to learn that there is some treachery at foot and uh, can't wait to talk to Father Aurelius. He feels completely out of his depth. Uh, knows for sure he wants to avenge the people from his monastery, but has no idea what's going on. And I think this is where we're going to take a break and stop at this point. Yeah. All right, this is it. Another episode of the Ice Cream for Everyone wrapped up. I have another episode with a guest and with video this time. This is just an audio episode. Uh, I'll publish on YouTube, but audio only. And uh, of course, I'd love to hear from you if you enjoyed this episode. I, I, I'm i really curious if those solo role-playing game episodes work. I tend to enjoy them, so I'm looking, I'm, I may well look at doing more of that, uh, even just for my own sake, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. At the very least, maybe some more people who do role-playing games than who do strategy might be interested. Go figure. Um but I, I, I would love to have more feedback from you, basically. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's at HippoWill or on Instagram. You can email me, uh, vilm at icecreamforeveryone.net, which is also my website, of course, icecreamforeveryone.net. You can get in touch if you have any questions about brand strategy, if you have any questions about marketing, if you have any questions about your business, if you have any questions about podcasts or my episodes, don't hesitate. And if you've enjoyed it, I'd love to hear from you too, because it's always encouraging to me to find out that there are people that are enjoying this and that encourages me to record and publish more episodes, essentially. And that's about it. Good morning, afternoon, uh, night, whatever time of day or night it is. And I will see you soon or uh, speak to you soon. Bye. (laughs) 